idea for all this really came from a dream? Yes, it did. Good evening and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is Sarah Schick. Sarah's a blogger and Twitter witch. And basically friend of ours, so. Sarah, welcome to the show. I got <laughs> no no bio whatsoever. I'm so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last minute. This is how the world's going right now. Yep. And it's it's fuck yeah, it's, heads head forward. That's right. Balls deep, baby. That's so right. actually let's let's open up with that, Sarah. Give us just a little insight into your world. I personally love following you on Twitter and so oh. everyone should. You've got a fun page and this whole haunted brick thing and hidden brick thing is intriguing so. oh I, thank you yeah i i look, pretty much hang out on twitter every day that's where i actually got to meet the two of you so i'm very thankful for all of my twitter tribe you're welcome yes so definitely the basically thing that i've been doing and obsessing about is these bricks that are here in a lot of the old buildings from the 1800s and early 1900s in the great city of Vancouver, Washington. So I've been going around and checking out all of these haunted places and trying to figure out, you know, something up with bricks, something up with the city, you know, what the heck's going on? And decided to kind of put it out there in the interwebs and people seem to kind of dig it. Yeah, it's very cool. I wonder if my house has you know, it just might. I guess uh, pretty much any house in our general vicinity or in the North Portland area that has any kind of flower beds or anything from the 1960s mm -hmm. or earlier is pretty much filled with these suckers. Again, mine's turn of the last century, so. Bet you got some. I bet I may. I, I do have all kinds of paranormal activity, which Montana Jordan can confirm. Yeah. Uh, and so. you're, cam you're out in Camas, and the old part of the old Camas factory that they torn down there was made of hidden bricks. So there are lots of them around there. Yes, it's almost a given that I have some. Mm -hmm. Hidden bricks could be such a good euphemism for something. I just haven't figured I know, it out I yet. I love it. Yeah, they just write it, it writes itself, right? <laughs> it totally does. Well, this is exciting. I'm glad to have you uh, join us for our, our crazy show that we love, our little underground that cave show um and let's just get right into it tell us about the world you grew up in as far as way back and the stuff that sticks out now and this of course includes pop culture you know cartoons and uh and i of course if you grew up here i know you had a relationship with nature but that mm. is always a great include in this kind of foundation work we do gotcha yeah um, I always did have a very strong relationship with nature. And as an adult now, I pretty much have figured out, I've pretty much been a witch since the beginning. Just being three and four years old and outside pretending I had a mortar and pestle, smashing up berries and trying to catch newts and climb trees and do all of those sorts of things that made my mom absolutely crazy. Ooh, all the signs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was no surprise. Um, I didn't really grow up around here. I've been around here longer than I have been anywhere else. My dad was in the Navy, and he was a construction superintendent. So we moved a lot. When my parents were married for 11 years. We moved 14 times. So being constantly in a liminal state, um, kind of just 
led me to pay attention to my surroundings and patterns and things like that. And I've always been genuinely curious about new places. Did Where did you actually, where were you born? I was born in Port Huron, Michigan. Oh, I know it totally. I'm from yeah. the Midwest. I love yeah. it out You're there. from everywhere. I'm I from am... the Midwest. And <laughs> so, yes. And Sarah's from everywhere because she was a Navy kid. Yes. Ooh. So, all over. I even lived in Australia for three years as a little kid. So, yeah. See, that qualifies more than me. I was pretty much state bound. So, we'll have to explore that military background, see if you're part of any programs. <laughs> I know, right, Jerry? <laughs> well, your mind's ding, really going to blow when you find out that my uh, maternal grandfather worked for OSS. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've definitely yeah. been in the programs. Grandfather <laughs> OSS. Yeah, and it was so intense, I guess. Uh, up, even until my grandma died, about five years before my grandma died, they would still come by and check on me. Oh, wow. So I don't know what exactly he was into. I got, you know, the redacted part of his records, but I know I know he was somewhere in Red China doing paratrooping. Red mm. China, that's racist. <laughs> that's what it says on the papers. <laughs> oh, isn't that hilarious? It can say that on the official documents, and yet you it's like a big deal if you say it out loud. Yeah, I know. I've been doing a lot of that lately, you know, digging with these old old sources tracing these bricks they use a lot of the old antiquated language that should never be used in mixed company anymore (laughs) imagine the bricks that the chinese made out of the 9-11 powder that was left from the two towers (laughs) oh lord here we go oh oh, lord okay so back to your childhood yeah Um, (laughs) what kind of uh pop culture stuff did you enjoy as far as like cartoons movies board games um, I was always a super nerd, but I was super into horror, always into spooky, scary. I remember my great grandmother showed me Children of the Corn when I was about eight, and it just blew my mind. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> so anything creepy, spooky. Um, I remember 1984 when Ghostbusters came out. I know we all like grown our eyes at it now. But it was so. I was so That's the greatest it. movie ever. Okay, thank you. Um, my yeah, best it friend. Is a that, yeah. My best friend that lived next door, his name was David. This is another repeating pattern in my life. I always have John's, David's, and Mark's show up in my life. So my first David, um, I married a David. Um, the first David and I, we had our little ghost hunting club. And we used to literally run around the apartment complex and, like, you know, and we were chasing spooky and weird things. And I used to ride my bike down to the library and research Stonehenge and fairies and UFOs. And, you know, I've always just sort of been into yeah, this is, this is, you're, you're so right in there. I love it. This is like my pack of friends were the same way. We were always going to the abandoned houses at night, you know, and, and doing, and at that time it was Sherman Hill and Des Moines, yeah. Iowa, and just, you know, getting in all kinds of trouble looking for things. Yeah. And, to- and then of Go course, ahead. you know, abandoned houses, floors going through. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, we found a mummified cat in one once. It was terrifying. Oh, wow. See, my friend Amy Putney would have taken that home and made art. Was it purposely yeah. mummified? Um, it didn't really look like it, but they did take it home and they named it Jim. <laughs> you know, the right circumstances drive them out and they appear, they appear mummified. It's amazing. 
rats and all kinds of animals if they've got like oftentimes down by heaters and stuff yeah yeah we always i grew up in a well the part high school i was in boise idaho for high school so we tended to you know not really have a whole lot to do other than join bands make bands play music and get in trouble so we used to go up to idaho city a lot and sit in the graveyards and mm-hmm. stuff like that around there <laughs> yeah. do grave rubbings i used to have a whole collection of grave rubbings Ooh, girl you can't say that now <laughs> well, Eric's not even wait, supposed why to touch not? them at this point. I don't know. There's some because of all the people that have actually uh damaged gravestones, those terrible people. What the yeah, fuck? I mean, they're, they're sitting outside. What do they expect's gonna happen to them? Yeah, well back in the nineties there was a thing where you know you get a big piece of paper and yeah. some parchment. Some, you know, I've or, done it yeah. myself. I'm yeah. well aware. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I haven't done it in years, but you know, it was a thing. I haven't tipped oh, cows I'm, in years I'm, either, but it's a thing. Grave <laughs> Uh, the the rubbings are beautiful they're absolute they're high art to me and i i love them i just you know everything these days exists. yeah well you know i don't plan on being buried but if i was going to be buried i give full disclosure for any goths to come pose on my grave yes. take rubbings plant catnip i don't care yes like, put x's on the stone if, yes if i'm put alive i'm gonna plank on your gravestone do oh, it shit. do it full permission oh. It was a thing. Like, I, one of my best girlfriend at the time, Julie Greenwald, she lost her virginity on on a tombstone. Now, see, know. that's bucket right? That's I mean, right. Come that's, on. That's right. With with um on uh, the Blue Moon song, I geez, under Blue Moon, I saw you. An echo in the Bunnyman. I can't. Oh remember. my god! Are you serious? <laughs> that's serious. For real. So I legend. Know. Yeah. Legend. She was something else. She Amazing. is something else. Okay, so so building this foundation, I love yeah. saying that. Uh, <laughs> Oddly enough. <laughs> right? Did you have, as so you were in the horror and sci-fi and all that stuff so early, did you have any personal fears when, like, of the dark, of things under the bed when you were very, very young? Never. Yeah. Never. I have, I've had anxiety okay. my entire life, but it was always about other people or real life incidents. My that's head was always horror. the safe space. Yeah. Yes. That's the real horror yeah. in the world. Yeah. People don't understand that it's other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And so then also back in this period, were you raised with any kind of organized religion in the background? Yeah. Um, definitely. My maternal line was very strong Catholic. Um, my grandmother, especially, and my great-grandmother was actually in the vows to become a nun when my great-grandfather moved her away and annoyed all the other nuns, for sure. Um, that is romantic. Yeah, I guess. Seriously, I think yeah. that's very romantic. <laughs> yeah, so he saved her from the nunnery or whatever. Yeah, so, like the hardcore nunnery, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, But they were both very devout. Um, both of them would go to Mass every day, still when they were physically able and very devout in that way. Um, I was raised Catholic. My father was an atheist. So my father did not participate at all with any of the religious stuff that was going on, but that was kind of a reflection as to what it was like to grow up with my two parents. They were pretty much constantly on opposite sides of flux anyhow. So it was kind of a confusing way to grow up, but it was liberating in a little bit of a way because I could go back and forth kind of from reality. 
Yeah, I think ultimately that creates an, a more open-minded environment since you have these, you know, opposing facts right there. Yeah, totally. That's a good thing. And so also back here in the early days, do you recall your relationship with the dream world, with the dreamscape? Absolutely. Laid on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one that I actually remember, and it's probably because it was so traumatic and it just kept repeating, <laughs> is I kept having, I was, a, I was a sleepwalker when I was a kid. I would literally get up, walk around, eyes would be open, would have full conversations, but they could tell I was not 100% there. I would be there, but not there. So they would usually just say, oh, you're asleep, turn around, go back to bed. And I would just say, okay, good night, and go. Sometimes I would wake up in the backyard. Sometimes I'd wake up on the porch swing. You know, it just sort of depended. So I've always had this weird relationship with sleep. Even now, I'm, I'm a notorious insomniac. That's why I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm up at all hours of the night randomly, right? But I remember when I was really little having this repeated night terror that we were going to Hawaii for my father's work, I'm sure. And I had this terror that Big Bird was going to come and throw me inside of a volcano. And I would just dream of that again and again and again and again and again. And I had this terror and fear of Big Bird like two years for no reason. I feared Big Bird too, but I didn't have like that. <laughs> That's so Big weird. Bird, Big Bird was my least favorite. I'm like, what the hell is going on? With I Big hated Bird? everything on Sesame Street. Except I was my Sesame Street Oscar lover. though, Oscar and Slimey uh, were awesome. Oscar was cool, and I had this. Oscar's the best. This and the Count. And the Count. Yes. Ah ah ah! I had this. Kiss me once and <laughs> kiss me twice and kiss me. Me three again. times. Ah, yeah. ah, ah. I had this thing about Grover. Yeah. What about him? I don't know. I just was like fascinated by that character. And to to the point where I actually had business cards printed with just it said Grover on them, and I had a picture of him. That's awesome. Oh, that's y'all. hilarious. I had huh. I sucked my I still suck my thumb for all you perverts out there. Uh, anyway, so I'm proud, and the reason I still do is is a rebel gene. Everyone told me not to, and they tried every which way to stop me with cigarettes, hot sauce, everything. And I, I mean, how are that. cigarettes better than sucking your thumb? The the cigarette ashes. Like I don't oh, know. Oh, got it. Okay, I was like, what? No, Sorry. no, they weren't. Continue. Cigarettes. Girl, Continue. Fuck up and smoke. Uh, no, <laughs> and so, <laughs> but I had so I named my binky, which was just a, a old pillowcase that had knots in it, Grover, and I had it into my twenties, and it was everyone that knows me, you know, knew Grover because I would I'd whip it out of my purse and I. Swinging around, I always have my thumb in my mouth. I just there was something strange about Grover, and huh. that's that's my add-on to this. Huh. Well, you know who never? I, it's not Sesame Street, but you know who always freaked me out was freaking Grimace. Oh <gasps> yes, what's oh. up with him, girl? I forgot about Grimace. Like him, I think Gritty needs to take down Grimace in a death match. Oh, yes. See, I always associate Grimace with McDonald's shakes. I don't know why. <laughs> he's creepy he's just what is it Ugh. he's a grimace he's like a haunted eggplant or some shit i don't even know i know it's so weird he's like the proto eggplant emoji <laughs> oh, oh my. there it is <laughs> Gee. 
See, this is that kind of pop culture stuff I'm always trying to get at when I ask a question. This is just fun. And it, it, it highlights the fact that some of us did did experience this stuff. It, it, a lot of people just never, they, they wash over it. But this stuff's important, I think. And, and Rev and, Chain and Chat brought up Hamburglar, who I have to agree, oh. was pretty creepy. He's like yeah, the only yeah. human. That was the McDonald's stuff, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. like a tickler. Look at him. He's like going <laughs> to violate you. <laughs> no. And he's probably French, too. He's very Archon, right? For, very Archon. Definitely with that mask. This, yeah, there was this mine that followed me around Seattle in like 1995. He kind of reminds me of that guy. <laughs> For the mime out there that was doing his work yeah. in 1995. You Half suck. an hour wandering around downtown, like, leave me alone. It's terrifying. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. I don't necessarily love, but I find it so interesting that Big Bird was a, re a reoccurring thing, though. Yeah. So, there you are, Pat. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was <laughs> muted. Crazy wild. <laughs> Very behind the scenes. I'm everywhere. I'm interacting with the chat. I know, I know well, you're. We're glad because I'm not looking at chat because my eighty kick in. I'll be like, oh, what? What'd you say? Oh, huh? girl, me too. Plus, I none of your friends are there, so don't worry about it. Losers. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's our back page man. Uh, and then he comes forward. Anyway, okay, so like he, I know he's very pimp and Jerry. Pimp. And and Jerry. Just call me Gator. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> this show is off the hook already. I love it. Oh, okay, so mm -hmm. I was expecting this from you, Sarah, though. You're fun. You're very fun. <laughs> and your Twitter, just not even hearing you or knowing you in person, your Twitter page really just shows you're fun. Well, I appreciate uh, that. Life's kind of a crap show, so you have to make it fun, right? Especially right now, and that's when, sure. it, when I... When I put that out, it was like, you know, let's just not focus on all this other crazy stuff and go here. Yes. For a couple of hours. So, all right. So, what were your, so back in this early period, what was the dreamscape like? Was it, this is just the mechanic, like black and white, smell, touch, color. Always color. I'm mm -hmm. always, I'm always look, now as an adult, I always look like I did when I was 17 with my long red hair. Which kind of mm -hmm. pisses me off because I don't want to have long hair anymore on the astral, but there it is. I saw this picture you posted not that long ago, girl. <laughs> that, and that was your natural hair, right? Right. No, That's my your... natural hair is now. Okay, so it was red hair that was dyed. Correct and straightened, tortured oh my every God. day. Oh, geez, but it was worth it. I mean, that photo was like, <laughs> look at that hair. The hair, especially, was like on point for me was it was giving me uh Shirley Manson thank you that's you in general that. Yeah. you in general I mean just all linky and modely I was like whoa this those were the days the 90s the 90s were fantastic yeah they really were thank god we didn't have social media man <laughs> I know they were <laughs> everyone has it so easy now with an instant camera everywhere in their phone and film imagine imagine Sarah. you know oh my god <laughs> probably be in cells next to each other on the cell block <laughs> seriously <laughs> okay so so with that and then also early on were you able to what was the extent of like your lucidity in dreams was it just dreamscape 
did you get lucid out of body stuff back right. early? Not super early. Um, I had precognitive dreams pretty early, which I hated and freaked me out big time. Um, I dream, and it was always I, I dreamed about my brother's suicide before it happened. I dreamed about my parents' divorce before it happened. I dreamed about a car accident before it happened. All before like the age of fifteen. Can can we pump the brake on those? So are you all right yeah. speaking of these? Sure. Yeah. Pump the brakes. Can you, well, this is the, this is, this is really juicy stuff. So on these, well, first of all, the precog stuff is, but furthermore, in how it played out, can you give us some symbols or the dream images of these, at least one of them before they played out? This is stuff that, that really, uh, people that chime in here and listen in and come to us really love to hear. Yeah, um, it never, it just would happen. I would just wake up and I would know. Um, I knew for a year before my dad left that he was going to leave. And at the time we were living in Detroit and I had a wonderful teacher who now I recognize was a gay male, very super sweet, empathetic man. And I confided in him, my parents are going to divorce, my dad's going to leave. And I was, you know, inconsolable because my dad was my protector and the parent who understood me, I thought. And he went to my mother out of concern. Oh, she's devastated about the divorce. What divorce? <laughs> and then I was in trouble for lying. And I was actually physically punished for lying. So I tried very, very hard not to know things or not to dream things. And that's part of a, probably the reason that I had such a hard time falling asleep when I was a kid because I was afraid of what I was going to accidentally find out. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's, this is, this is something I hear often and, and have personally experienced is for us that recall stuff, people don't want to hear this stuff and it, it, then we have to deal with it in ways to deal with it and bottle it up in different ways especially when it's heavy content like that on a person right so on your uh on the desk how was is there a prevailing symbol that's moved through and the precog that where you would see them that you can connect the dot here or were they all did you see them all differently they all were sort of seen differently um the death my half-brother um, was, I dreamed that I got a phone call. And at the time, my parents had were newly divorced. So my dad was up in Canada working, and I was still in Idaho with my mom. And the night before it happened, I dreamed that we got a phone call, and it was that Brooks was dead. And the next day, my other brother called, looking for my father, not realizing that he was no longer there. And my mother picked up the phone, you know, and said, sorry, John's not here. And I guess at the exact same time that he was telling her, I was telling her, he's dead, isn't he? And she was, you know, super freaked out again. <laughs> and so it was always just like, I almost could, it was almost like a time slip for me. It's like, I could almost see forward just a little bit, just enough to maybe prepare me 
for whatever kind of bomb was going to happen. And maybe it was because my house was so volatile that I needed that extra time. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You were just remote view in the future. I guess. Yeah. But ask me to do it or, you know, figure out, you know, how to do it on the astral on purpose. I can't do it. You that's know what I mean? That astral yeah. plane is a tricky place. Well, that's the thing about the pre-clog stuff in general is it, you know, remote viewing is, is it, is it a whole different, from my experience, it's a whole different it's actually a whole different experience and And that's always super interesting because i've tried some remote viewing and i either nail it or do not get anything yeah and yet you have this amazing precog stuff that nails it that's you know there it is and and as you know and there's full imagery there's full emotion i think that's another factor in it too is the emotional aspect what do you what do you think about that I'm sure, you know, this is a fact that somewhere along the timeline, there's something, you know, the fissure, you know, happens and trickles backwards, maybe. It, and so you said your brother, your mother and your father have all moved on? No, my mother is still around. We just are, you're not in contact currently. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't, I usually I'm good on those notes, but I yeah, no. I got so excited about the fact that you precogged this stuff. That <laughs> I don't really talk about it. So the fact that I'm actually talking about it, Niche, says a lot, okay? I, I really thank you. I think more people need to hear this stuff, and it's it's hard for some people to even hear. But these are, you know, this is important, especially in these times we're in, because we, I believe we go on. So I do, too. Have you encountered them in the dreamscape since, or has, you know, has your relationship in some way continued on? Yes, I dream about my father at least two to three times a month. Um, I dream about my maternal grandmother about mm, once a month, and they're always what I call the air. Oh, wow. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, The best way I could describe it is I'm not sure, you know, if it's like a 767 or one of those gigantic, you know, think, think of the biggest jumbo jet, you know, that you would take, you know, from America to Australia or Japan or somewhere, you know, I'm talking about where they have two, two big aisles and like the big Concord. Right. Like these huge. Yeah. It's always that. And it's always a white plane and the seats are blue. And there's always, I walk out of, it's, it's odd because I walk out of where the tail of the plane would be. Like there's a door course there's no door it's plain and i start walking down one of the hallways and whoever i'm going to meet usually my father sometimes his grandmother is there on the other side down at the other side of the, the hallway and we smile at each other and we meet we either hold hands or we sit down in the seats and hold hands sometimes we look out the window and we have conversations but we don't speak and our lips never move this is amazing. And what is the emotional content for you when, when you encounter these now? Um, sometimes it's, it's usually, you know, it just depends. Usually it's when I've been thinking about him a lot or feeling disconnected or feeling, you know, sort of like an orphan or I feel like they'll just come through and sort of ancestors kind of have my back and help me feel a sense of connection and connectivity with the world when I'm having a hard time. When 
but for example, when your when your papa first passed, when you first encountered him in the dream space, what what was that? Do you recall it? Yeah. He looked like he did when I was a kid. Um, my dad was 43 when I was born. I was a surprise. And (laughs) (laughs) they were having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my mom was quite a bit younger, so he kind of robbed the cradle for real. Um, (laughs) and that's the old school. I still love that, especially when women do it. (laughs) Right. For sure. Get it, ladies. Watch out, all you young boys. (laughs) (laughs) So. Whatever I meet up with him, he always is like the late 1970s, early 1980s look to him. Like, you know, he's got the sideburns and his full, you know, Burt Reynolds mustache and his cowboy boots on. He doesn't look, um, you know, old and, and ill and frail like he did before he passed. I took care of him before he passed as well. Had a dementia. So it's kind of a dramatic sort of outgoing for him, unfortunately, too. A long, slow goodbye. So he's always very restored. And one thing that I really love that he had glorious dimples. And in real life, if anybody else was around, he would rarely smile, show his dimples. He always gives me the dimples. Oh, wow. You know, that's so significant. And uh, it, it, it's, it drives home that thing that was special in life that you got to see more so than others. And it's there as a continuance. Yeah, it's like the little the little nugget. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, was when you first encountered him, how were you able to, uh, you know, for example, and I know everyone's heard this, but when I first saw my mom, I got too emotional and it ended. So, mm. you know, and then we had to, we had to work up to our relationship now because I would I was so emotional. Right. Um, it took a little while. Immediately after he passed, a phenomenon started to happen where he started to send me hummingbirds. Literally two minutes after he passed, I'd left the facility where he was and came home to try to get a little bit of work done. I was kind of been on a hospice and we knew it was kind of coming. And I came and I sat down at my desk and opened the computer up and started to do some work. And I got the call from the care home that, sorry, about two minutes ago, your dad just passed. And I hung up the phone and I immediately had a sense of relief because he'd been so ill for so long. And then I started to cry and feel guilty about it. And immediately this hummingbird just came up to the window out of nowhere and was literally like banging itself against the window. And the reason that was significant for me is my dad and I had always, when he was younger and I was a kid, we had a North American guide to birds and we would take cameras and binoculars and go out and look for birds and take pictures of birds. So I immediately got the first hummingbird and I was like, yeah, okay, that could just be a cool coincidence, you know, whatever. And then the next day I got a second hummingbird. <laughs> and on our, my birthday, our birthdays were three days apart. That first birthday, that September, I had a hummingbird outside the window of the Mexican restaurant as I was eating my birthday dinner thinking, gosh, I wish dad was here with me. So the birds started first. I haven't really had any birds lately since we moved into the astral. It's because birds aren't real. <laughs> we all know that from Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> this is, it's so significant because one of the symbols that a lot, you know, I don't, I don't 
we don't in particular do dream interpretation here because that stuff really I think is so personal and individual right you have to have a relationship with people and understand (laughs) we fucking charge for it (laughs) (laughs) but their foundation and their set of personal symbols everyone's different and and so this homogenizing of symbols is disservice I but hummingbird is stunningly it's a stunning symbol that comes along with these particular situations and you see it across a lot of cultures where they're around so you know that of course gave me my synchronicity bell mm-hmm. right away that is and it's a it's such a fantastic symbol uh i i love that that is very magical sarah and of course just this far into talking with you i i wouldn't expect any less <laughs> <laughs> So with with lucidity in dreams, so the precog inf- information and experiences is one thing, and it can come in a matter of different layers of being lucid and get to it. We can even get to an active imagination conscious mm-hmm. uh, or alleged conscious. Uh what what do you What's your experience with lucid dreaming or even like the full out-of-body astral? Gotcha. Yeah. Well, the first time that I ever even learned of such a thing was when I was in eighth grade. Um, I went to a friend's house and she had an older brother that was super awesome. Um, Unfortunately, we lost him to HIV in the 90s. But um, he was the first official weirdo that I ever met. I like, you know, he dressed in drag. He had a bunch of books about Wicca. He had Chris, you know what I mean? Like he was my first weirdo and he loved, like his sister didn't care about any of that stuff, but I was like, yes. And again, his name was Matt because we have these, you know, repeating names throughout my life. Well, Matt had, one of the things he was into was I, there was this weirdo religion and sorry if anybody buys me weirdo, but it was called Ekinkar. And it was really popular, like in the nineties. And one of their big things was astral travel and learn how to astral travel. And I remember he gave me this big, thick, you know, Ekinkar book. And I was just fascinated, like, wait a minute, you could do this. And it didn't even seem like it was even possible. It seemed like complete science fiction to me. You know what I mean? And then I tried it and 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 tried it. And just like anything, when you try to force it too hard, nothing's going to happen, right? Well, it happened accidentally some years later. And I didn't even realize what happened at the time. But in the middle, I just remember having this terrible dream and going, this is awful. This is terrible. And having the thought of, well, it's a good thing you're just dreaming then, huh? And then instantly, like the switch, and I was awake. And at that point, what what was it like? Um, I just remember my heart racing. And because I had that sort of, it felt literally like I'd just been snapped back inside my body. It wasn't a normal sort of wake up from a dream. Felt like a jolt. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Not just, oh, I'm awake suddenly. It was different. Yeah, it, it is different. And so with that, do you, do you get to this? often as we've moved this into your current life no (laughs) no 
I've tried, you know, and again, anytime that I, I try to do it, I, it's always been accidental. Yeah, I think I hear that a lot. And I've got to say, and I was just talking on uh, Michael Deacon's program a couple of days ago about how, how that is the same for me. I still, you, one would think I'd have like full control of all this and I still don't. And I admire, and I, you know, I bow to those that just pop, close their eyes and presto. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's mind blowing. Like, unbelievable to me. Yeah. It is mind blowing, but I believe these accounts for sure. hundred percent. I just, I'm not able to do that. I can sometimes at will, but it's, it's really, so that's why every time is actually really feel special to me even now and surprising sometimes actually utterly surprising sometimes where it's like oh oh i'm awake and then i get so excited about it yeah and then you and then you like try the anxiety kicks in you know okay hang in there try not to lose it try not to lose it and then it's gone you're like damn it <laughs> it's it's like an orgasm <laughs> keep going keep going <laughs> I don't want it to end. And, uh, oh, that's perfect. You know, it is just so similar. Uh, it, it's great, though. So on the full astro projection where you are able to just turn around and see your body or, you know, there's a, there is a difference in feeling here. Lucidity is bent. Well, I think that's the highest. Lucidity. The language you want of astro projection is highest. And uh, have you have you experienced that? Yeah, I usually see myself. Oh, do tell. But I'm always seventeen. Yeah, well, of course. And the, everybody else can be the same age, and everything's the same. But the icon of me is what I have. Don't like, darling. <laughs> this is the power, right? <laughs> This is exactly what I'm saying. We are our own architects and we should be able to present our visage in the way we want. That's the whole point. <laughs> I love it. So in this, is it so it's omniscient, like you're outside of yourself, or do you get behind the eyes? Um, I'm like I can see the back of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm walking around on like it's like a video game and I'm the icon. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That is, that's, that's it. it. And how often is that? I know that you, you already said with the lucidity and all that, you know, you know, it happens sporadically, but is there, is there any, um, you know, how common is it? I'd say about 50% of the time when I dream is like that. Oh, nice. That's, that's excellent. With, and so you said earlier, you were, you've always been an insomniac. Hello, let's unite. Uh, I was always such a night owl, and uh, and still it's the issue, but less so these days. Uh, do you think that has any bearing on how you experience? And I'm not going to the dream; I'm going to your day side life. Okay. Is it? Is there because of the insomnia? Do, it, do you ever experience your day side life in almost like? like a dreamscape oh all the time all the time i believe dissociation is the word for it <laughs> 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 yeah this and and 
more so much now, of course, everybody's kind of feeling that whole, you know, dissociative fugue state right now. But um, especially in the last, I'd say, four years, it seems like there's just a sense of unreality to absolutely everything. I agree. And, you know, there's so much woo around that, too, as to as to why. I mean, there's and that's what's so juicy is all the all the ideas from 2012. We're all dead to all kinds. of. I love that one. Oh, me, too. I love SMQ uh, or SQM. I think it's SMQ. Smokey. Right? Yes. SMQ. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's where I'm I'm wanting to also ruminate here for a minute is the idea of the outer world. How do you so right now? And of course, right now is a great example because of how crazy everything is. Everything is absolutely as crazy as it could be. And in a dream, you know, that's when we start saying, whoa, this is so crazy. I must be dreaming. You know, like your logical right. mind even says this shit is crazy. Right. So where we are in the collective right now with all the layers, layers, layers of the absurd, you know, what are, what's your take on, and I'm looking for the esoteric side of this and not, not like the political side. What's your take? Are we all dreaming right now? Is there, what is going on in our re collective reality making this all seem so everything's surreal and and not mm -hmm. there and yet there yeah why is reality breaking down please tell us <laughs> yeah right i mean that's another way yeah, to yeah. well you know i don't know the why but i have to admit and i was talking to some people in the group chat on the old twitter deck today about this how it feels sort of like for those of us that have been, I don't know, into sort of 14 sort of thinking liminal spaces, it seems like kind of the rest of the world seems to be catching up kind of our vibe where we've all been saying nothing is real. Everything's a simulation. This timeline's terrible, you know, and joking about it all this, you know, like all of a sudden it feels like kind of the energy of everybody has reached that fever point for all to the point of society's broke down capitalism is failing um you know what i mean I, you can look at this a, a number of ways but it, it's almost like a control alt beat the entire world right now 100 percent. i love i love you using that language by the way it's so perfect did you so leading up to where we are right now were you having any so say in the last i'd say at least starting 2013 but and then let's just move to 2015 actually have you had any precog dreams about this period and if you had them earlier throw those in but this period has this been in your in your precog cauldron at all no not at all not at all i'm actually surprised to hear that sarah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've been dreaming out about bricks and dead nuns okay <laughs> okay i'm sorry <laughs> yeah well and the, the dead nuns thing is actually a yeah. bit chilling it's the only kind of good nun <laughs> oh, there we go ba boom boom and uh so that's interesting with the because this stuff's so theater of the absurd that i would you know it's like it seems like it should have permeated into everyone's dreamscape right but, 
moving moving from that because this was so provocative i want to hear about your dreams of brick and nun can you give us some of those <laughs> sure well um the the most recent one that i had the other day is apparently i'm supposed to be writing a book about this. and i don't really like that message either <laughs> because that stresses me out a lot <laughs> I don't want to write a book about anybody. <laughs> oh, I think this is great already. I, seriously. So, um... I'll be your ghostwriter if you want. Right on, right on. You can throw in the dead nun jokes. I'm sure they'd appreciate that a lot. Yeah, and nice pun, Jerry. Good. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But, yeah, but one of the things, you know, like I mentioned that I've been complaining about is, and railing about on my blog as well is there's such a myth around this woman mother joseph that was the you know head mother superior of these nuns that built vancouver and founded this brick company that made all these bricks that are making up these haunted buildings and there's so much myth surrounding her you know you that the truth of her is like all of us incredibly complicated and until i really started digging into her and reading her actual letters and seeing she had the craziest case of imposter syndrome known to man did she even become remote relatable to me so it's it's i feel like the media that's out there about her is conflicting and in a way is sort of surrounded by so much religious dogma and old ways of thinking some of the stuff that she did was really witchy like for real, like sh there was a flood that was happening and she decided she was going to go get a piece of Douglas fir and carve a statue of St. Joseph and put it down by the river and said, you will go no further. And guess what happened? It went no further. Oh, I've seen those photos of that flood. Too. Yeah. So. Right. Wasn't was, that, and that was like in what period was that? Yeah, that was in the like 1890s that that, yeah. that happened. Yeah. And, you know, the only thing she fully admitted, you know, she didn't want to be put in charge. She burst into tears when she was put in charge. Um, she didn't understand why. She was terrified. She basically, like, faked it and did all of these amazing things and truthfully was a bitch. Like, people didn't like her. They tried to get her removed at some point. Um, she wasn't easy to deal with, but she was extremely complicated, unless you were one of her orphans. You know what I mean? She would move hell or high water for those kids that she cared about so i feel like buried under all the religious dogma and and the white nationalism and you know because they came out here because of all the native americans that were abandoning their orphans around here i think there's really a disservice to her kind of that needs to be dug out and examined and maybe look at her from a modern lens and see her maybe as a renaissance woman as she was so complicated in so many ways yeah i love this and this is one of those things of how how i experienced the muse speaking it through dreams and uh and stories that want want to come forward especially from those that were at one point living uh this is just a great example and yes this book needs to be written and what perfect times for it well, if I end up going on quarantine, I guess I know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, <yes. laughs> I, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it could happen yeah that was a very witchy thing for her to do especially in that time i find in my love of of nuns and to go way back in hildegard from bingham and all those we didn't have a lot of options as women for a long time and right one of the ways if you wanted to be educated was to get into the nunnery so you could read learn to read and, and all that and get into that and i suspect there are a lot of women that did it just for that kind of freedom absolutely and i think she was absolutely one of those as well but she did have a quite a religious experience she um was actually running around with French revolutionaries with her older brother, like training people to fight, you know, in the war before she became a nun. Like she was a badass. She, she did everything her dad did and, and they figured out in a hurry, you know, she wasn't going to be a prairie wife on, on the wild west. She had to go and find something to do with her time. And the nunnery was the way that she could get, get that done. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, thankfully so he's, um, it saved a lot of women terrible experience worse you know like it, i think many of them felt actually blessed you know to ride that wave of religionism <laughs> yeah her entire but, life i mean she named everything after providence she truly believed everything was god's divine providence guiding her i i have a real close relationship with the meaning of that word as well and mm. I'm a believer in free will and in all that. I believe in intent and fate. There are just some things mm. we are intent around these pillars of fate, providence or providence. And yeah, I can, I, I feel that. And especially hearing that from a nun on her order, you know, that's, that's something, there's something to it. Right. The synchronicities involved. So when you speak of dreaming of brick, how does that all play in? Um, when I was tracing the location of these bricks around town, I would just keep dreaming about walking around looking for bricks and just sort of keep looking, keep looking, keep digging, keep looking. And I would just dream of me wandering around the city or being back at the Providence Academy, which I knew I'd been there before, before I'd ever been there before. It was one of those weird sort of things when I got up there in the attic. I never wanted to leave. So that was another weird sort of synchronicity that happened. Do you interact with them at all once you find them? The bricks? Yeah. 100%. Are you kidding me? So this is just making me think that you have some kind of task, like clearing energy from these things. I think so. Yeah, it's kind of just popped in my head, so. Huh. Well, it's interesting because I've been doing these sort of experiments with them because I have, let me think, I think I have five of them in my house right now. I had to think because I've given a couple of them away to a couple of people. <laughs> but um, I've got one that I've got some sigils on, some magic work. I've got one, what I call the OG brick, one I initially found in the antique store that got me going on this uh, sort of ride by my front door. Um, the bricks, when they're sort of outside of the buildings, don't seem that reactive. I mean, they seem to have an energy to them, but, you know, they didn't, like, haunt my house or anything. Nothing weird has happened. It seems like the bricks have to be in the location where they were initially laid. Yeah, like the energy's tied to the ground, yeah. and it manifests yeah. through the brick. Yeah, totally get yeah. that. Like, I think the clay that's part of the, the bricks themselves is definitely part of it, just because of the way, I mean, they were very much ritually made. I mean, they're even stamped with the guy's name on it. <laughs> they're right? made by masons. Come on. <laughs> Literally. So... 
the bricks themselves and then you know magnified with that energy and if you think about the fact that she was so obsessed with you know the perfection of these bricks and the perfection of these buildings these buildings were built literally in her mind to serve god's divine providence and mm -hmm. god's purpose like how can that not have some sort of energy left over yeah, no, it's real interesting. And I want to give a shout out to your friend who's in chat, Ann Robinson, who literally got a shirt today with the word Providence written on it. So synchro Amazing. bell for her. Amazing. <laughs> the synchronicities are, are the thing. Can you tell us a little bit about how these bricks were made? I, I'm just mesmerized by this whole thing. Yeah, well, Mother Joseph, her father was a carriage maker in Montreal and taught her how to carve, um, you know, learn which trees were good for which types of wood, all of these sorts of things. And she was presented to the nunnery and said, you know, she'll make a great superior. She can do everything I can do and can do everything her mother can do. And one of the things that she picked up from being on, you know, construction sites from him was how to make bricks. So she went down to a Hayden Island in the docks where the Hidden family, there were a couple of brothers that were out here, they came out here to work at the docks and she plucked them off the docks and taught them how to make bricks. And they founded the Hidden Brick family, the factory, excuse me, the Hidden Brick factory in 1871, specifically to make these bricks that make up the Providence Academy, which is, it was at the time the largest building north of San Francisco back when it was built. It was a really big deal. And that was her orphanage and chapel and sort of Mother Joseph's sort of crown jewel in life's work in the building that is still standing here in downtown Vancouver. So they would get these, they would dig out the clay out of these clay pits. Um, and it was made out of alluvial silt, which is really interesting from the Pliocene era. So, you know, when we think about the fossils that were around that sort of time, kind of early hominid stuff, maybe there's something actually in the dirt, right? If those stories are true. Right, who knows, hard to say. So they get this and they would, you know, load it up in these wooden brick molds and literally smash it down with their hands and their arms, you know, so all of their literal energy from their bodies was put into this process to hand mold all of the bricks. And then they're turned, you know, to make sure that they dry, dry evenly, they're turned. And then um, there's like a fire pit and they're baked around them and again, turned. And Mother Joseph looked at every single brick, and if it wasn't baked evenly and the color wasn't right and it wasn't symmetrical, like, they were rejected. And it's funny because around town, you can tell the difference between the ones that, you know, the hiddens used for other stuff versus the ones that are on Mother Joseph's buildings are all perfect. So she was super obsessed with how perfect these bricks had to be. And she actually taught them herself how to make them. So that's kind of how the bricks started. That's fascinating. And it's it, it just, it, I didn't know. So there are so many things here I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> know Hidden was actually the family name. Indeed. And I've, I've been finding through your, your Twitter and your blog, you know, although I just, just discovered your blog, you know, to be honest, it's been your Twitter that keeps me entertained and going. <laughs> But I didn't know that that was the name. And I've, I've been finding that on bricks just so wonderfully provocative that, that it, it's so predominant and it's sexy. Right. It's almost like the name. It's, it's like, well, for lack of a better word, it's like a sigil. It's completely <laughs> that way. And that's, you know, that's why it seems sexy to me. It, I mean, it's hidden, hidden is the name. And right. you know, 
you know, the cult is so, there's so much depth to that. And uh, it's interesting to now know that that was the family name. Yes. And yes. so this was your encounter was finding, you know, what I, I just, you, you find a brick, you encounter these, this brick. And then did you starting the dreams? What became, how did you become <laughs> deep into this? Experience? Right. Well, you know, being a practicing witch, one of the things that, one of the tools I use for protection around my front door is red brick dust, which is an old hoodoo thing. It goes back to red being, you know, the color of the ancestors and protective and you concentrate your brick and, you know, grind up and grind down your dust and you make a line and supposedly nothing, you know, can enter the house. There's other things you can do with brick dust too, but that's primarily what I use brick dust for. So, and I'm always out in the thrift stores and the antique stores just looking for weird stuff. And in one of the antique stores downtown on Main Street, Old Glory, I don't know if you've been there, but it's wonderful. It is. Yeah. Anything from <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I'm in Old Glory and there's this brick, right? And it's just this red brick and it says 1871. And on the tag, it's 10 bucks. And on the tag, it's 1871 hidden brick. Well, awesome. I need it. You know, that's 10 bucks for an old, old ass brick. The older the brick, the better they are, supposedly. You know what I mean? So awesome. Oh, bought it. Going to take it home, grind it up, whatever. Got home, put a little rum on it, got ready to consecrate it, and just heard in my head, don't that damn brick. And I was like, huh, why don't I want to, you know, and, and this wouldn't have been the first brick that I smashed up. You know what I mean? This would have been just usual weirdo behavior. But for some reason, I didn't want to mess with this 1870 brick. I'm like, what is Like, I'd seen them around town, but. You know, I came from the Portland side. I lived on 25th and Widler over here. I got married because my husband had kids and the schools were so much better over here. So I, before this whole experience, I never even connected. I thought they were crap side of the river. So I, w I just never had paid attention. So I feel like I needed to find that brick to sort of connect me over here. And finding out was pretty interesting, turns out. I love downtown. I love old Vancouver. Yeah. And so it's good to, and I think that's a distinction to make too, because a lot of people think it's just, uh, I don't know. Strip malls. Know, strip and, mall town. Yeah. 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 Until they get into old Vancouver, downtown is fantastic. And then when you discover that there's another Vancouver, it's really fantastic. Absolutely. So then when did you start, so from this experience, when did they start popping up in the dream? Started after I really started chasing these bricks because once I, I, I was like, okay, what is this hidden crap? Like they're all over town. I'd eaten at Hidden House in town before, which is a great place to eat. So I knew there was a family named Hidden and I'd seen these bricks stamped hidden, you know, when I'd been out and about. So I just did a Google and found out, oh, it's a history thing. Well, I'm into history. So I started digging into it. And decided I was going to go, you know, looking at these locations of where these bricks, you know, the ones that are still standing, it, it dawned on me that most of these places were known locally as being haunted. And I thought, well, okay, yeah, they're really old buildings, but maybe there's something else going on here. The fact that these are all made out of, you know, the same kind of bricks and 
kind of going with the stone tape theory and, and whatnot, thinking maybe the bricks were contributing. So I decided, well, I'm gonna, let's just go have lunch at Hidden House and see what happened. And it was pretty much after I started going around and taking pictures of bricks. And another weird thing I started to do to amuse myself was try to take pictures of all the different years, um, you know, because they're stamped different years. So anytime I see a different year, you know, one that I don't have, it's like, I don't know, I'm not making trading cards or I don't know what I'm doing. It's like a baseball <laughs> card. <yet. laughs> Ooh, here's a 1972. Like, <laughs> so ever since that started happening, um, I had a friend at the time too mentioned to me, she's like, you ever, you ever tried talking to the city? And I'm like, what? She's like, no, just like trying to talk to the city. Ever just walked around and try to connect with the city? That, you know? And I was like, really? Huh. You know, I just, I just never really thought about it. So I was thinking about that when I fell asleep. And that night was the night that I started dreaming about the brick, me walking around looking for the bricks. And like pictures of my feet walking on the path of bricks. And until I got to the Providence Academy later, I didn't realize that's where the path was that I kept dreaming. Wow, that gave me the chills, actually. That's really phenomenal. What What is that building today? Is that... It's mixed use. Um, they have about 60 different offices in there, mainly like counseling offices, um, you know, accounting firms, things like that. They also have a ballroom you can rent. You can rent out the chapel for weddings. They're renovating the building um, one piece at a time, and they're also in the middle of a regentrification. They tore down an old Mexican restaurant that was on the corner there and are building some apartments using the old bricks from the old building so guess who wants to live there you do <laughs> of course <laughs> so it's not being used as a masonic temple no okay there but, is a chapel inside there and i can tell you from firsthand experience that that chapel is haunted well this guy lowell hidden the brick company founder his middle name is mason yeah and uh, they did build oh, the Masonic wow. Temple here in town. It is torn down, unfortunately, but they were Masons, correct? Yeah. No, it's all good. I have no problem with Masons. Yeah. yeah. I just there were find... also Methodists, interestingly enough, and teetotalers. Good for them. Yeah, a lot. That's what I tell everyone. I come from a very long line of Masons and Eastern Stars and Odd Fellows, and so many, you know, there's just so much crazy hype around all of it, and so many really. It's just not not what people think. Yeah. It's interesting. My house was built by a mason here. And um so all the all the geometry in here is really great. A lot of apes. And then the Masonic temple here is just down. So uh, and that's all brick. I need to go look at it. It's not, I need to go look at it too. I know. It's not <laughs> you know what? I don't know how old the building is. It appears to not be that old. It's not like super fancy like they can be, you know. But it was built for that purpose. It's just more low. It's more it, it's just not fancy. It's not fancy in any way. But now I'm curious. Mm-hmm. So how was the how long were they building hidden bricks um well the hand handmade bricks which are the ones that i call really juicy um were made until 1905 in 1905 they went to what they call a wire cut method where instead of smashing it down and actually hand moving the mold they had this big machine that would take pieces of wire and it would leave marks on the back of the bricks 
Um, there's only one building that's still standing that's made out of those wire cut bricks that is known to be haunted. And that is what used to be the Vancouver Public Library. It's now the Clark County Historical Museum. Um, it is made of hidden bricks and the hiddens gave the library to the city is built on top of an old hidden clay pit as well. So of course that place is gonna be lit up with activity because it's pretty much ground central for brick making headquarters. That's where the, the clay for the Providence Academy was literally dug out of the ground. Did you know this much about brick, brick making before this journey? I knew nothing about brick making before <laughs> this journey. Because <laughs> it, it is, it is, it's astounding. I love, I love all this. And of course, the handmade bricks are going to be the actual psychic juicy. Right. Is it possible? So I'm wondering with all this, do you think it's possible that you could have reincarnated from this, this nun? You're not the first person to tell me that or ask me that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting a real sense of connection there. I don't know. It's pretty weird. There's a lot of synchronicities um, between her life and my life. I was with my dad all the time. I was in his shop using his tools all the time. I had no interest in girling things as a kid. I used to work in a metal shop before I got my current retail job. Always been non-traditional. When I was three years old, I asked my mom when I turned into a girl. <laughs> oh my um, God, I love that. <laughs> I was like, wait, so I'm, a, I'm a girl this time? You know, like, I was like, this is a joke, right? <laughs> So, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> so, but you're actually the third person that has seriously asked me that question. And it's, it's too weird for me to think about, but I've been thinking about it. Well, if you just trace it and think about it, really, and we were talking about this earlier with serendipity and this is where, this is where my synchronistic, you know, goddess lives and these kinds of things. You didn't have any connection to bricks before this. You, they kind of come on in this magical way, and then you go down this path, and it leads you to this nun, and then it's it's tied into your dreams. It's <laughs> it's tied into I this know. like journey and quest. <laughs> and now you know a book is wanting to come forth. There seems to be if you were not her, there's some sort of energetic time slip that you are her at the same time whether it's, that takes us out of that she was in the past like you're contemporarily her on a parallel timeline yeah and the way i feel when i'm inside the providence academy too is is kind of telling i got up there like i said on the third floor and there was a particular window and i just wanted to sit in front of that window and just never leave yeah, this is, I mean, I just get such a sense of it. And it's, that's not always a common thing for me. It's just, it really is there. And then, like I just said, like all this stuff is just, it's crazy synchronicity that, that would find you back here. And wanting to tell the story is part of, I mean, you know, pardon me here, but it's almost like a healing. Like there's more that needs to come out with her story. Absolutely. And, yeah. And it's incomplete. Also, I, I, I get the sense it's incomplete. Mm -hmm. And also though, because of it and because of the possibilities that she is you and you are her, there is going to be a simultaneous or simultaneous 
uh, some sort of interesting awakening or healing that could take for uh, it could come forward. Well, if it does, I'll be sure to call you first. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I hope it's over a cocktail. It could be an <laughs> initiation of sorts, too. Yeah, well, that wouldn't surprise me. I going back to kind of how I got really active on Twitter was because of Hellier, and I really feel Hellier was an initiation. It wouldn't surprise me that this is an initiation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's this is that greater understanding of initiatory stuff that that I'm always trying to get at anyway. Initiations do not have to be in ordered structures and all this. These are like this is like the real deal. Like you coming in life and and your early origin story here that gives you this whole natural witchy vibe, this whole natural witch thing, which I think they're born and not made right uh, like you and i don't know that you like you as in belief but like you are a natural witch clearly so yeah this is this is amazing when so if we wind back a bit to precognitive stuff yeah what what kind of other dreams have you had that is there a, a sense when you have a dream that becomes a precog dream eventually uh so you have to just kind of go on the past history of them is there a feeling to recall dreams that they just feel different there's something different about those dreams and they may be or may present a future causality well i recently in the last couple of months had one sort of come to fruition which was one of those sort of grenades <laughs> about um i want to say four or five years ago i don't know i'd have to look it up anyway i was at one of those hippie metaphysical whatever events, which, you know, I end up half liking and half hating. I'm one of those, right? So I go and I sort of yeah, hate, yeah. I sort of hate attend those events, right? <laughs> and there was this dude and he was selling some organite. And I had never, you know, I got to talking to him, whatever, and hadn't, you know, bought a piece of organite off of him, which did absolutely nothing for me, by the way. And um, but whatever, I'm he's a nice say guy. The same. Oh my god, okay. nothing. I was like, oh, it's it's resin. It looks like a piece of almond. I kind of <laughs> like the way it looks, but it doesn't do crap. <laughs> whatever, it's cool. That's a whole sidetrack, but girl, I'm with you. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I'm to talk to everybody, right? So I'm talking to this guy, and he tells me, oh yeah, just hang out a few minutes. My wife's a psychic. She would love to meet you because I could tell that you know, every all every other psychic loves to tell me you're psychic, you're intuitive. And I'm like, I don't know what I am. It's, you know, I don't call myself anything. But he's like, you have to meet my wife. She'll be right back. So she came back and she was like, oh, you know, oh, I'm so excited to meet you. And, and she started telling me, she's like, can I just do a quick reading for you? I just want to tell you some things. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. And she started off really strange right away. <laughs> she's like, oh, you have a pet dragon on the astral. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah that's not you know what I mean so she went super weird right out the gate right and she's like and you're gonna make a career change at some point in your future and I'm like really and she goes yeah you're gonna did we lose Sarah we lost her audio that's for sure <laughs> Sarah we cannot hear you <laughs> Right when you get to the juicy stuff. I bet you 10 bucks that her Zoom crashed or some shit like that. We'll see her there. Yeah, it's residual energy. 
She'll drop out and come back. <laughs> Is there a way to get a hold of her? Uh, Twitter? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Yo, bitch, what's up? <laughs> there, if you can hear us, you've dropped out. And right at the juicy part of the story. Yep, yes, there, there we go. So he'll be coming back shortly. Who's in the chat? We got got a full house there. Oh, excellent. Not really. Hello, chat. Uh, Jerry's landing it, though, as usual. Thank you, Jerry. Oh, Amanda's here. And. Yes, Amanda. Your boy, Michael Deacon. Oh, I love kisses to Michael Deacon. And then a bunch of. Uh, Sarah's friends. Did Michael Watcher show up? No. Master. Oh, I oh wait, yeah, early. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is Michael that... Watcher. Yeah, he said he was going to show up. Hey, baby. Is that Watcher, Michael? Yeah, it's our Watcher. That okay. Been on all the hives and all that. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And Jet Petty's here, and oh yay, Jet. Ah, these are goodies. K-, K has feelings. Andrea Murphy, Rivers just showed up. Hey, Rivers. Oh yes, hello, Rivers. What else did I miss here? Janet Orkowski. Hello. I'm not sure if I know who that is. It's a friend of Sarah's. Welcome. Oh, uh, Sarah brought her crew. That's excellent. Welcome to Sarah's friend. <laughs> Internet crashed. She said. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay, so on that note, I want to add here that because Sarah lives in the same area, general area as I do, and the internet has been crazy. Yeah, mine too. Absolutely. Website. Yours too, Jer? Oh, yeah. It's, I, it's, I fully expected it. I called it last week because everybody's working from home right now. Yeah. Yes. It's just a bandwidth thing. Yeah. That's interesting because it it has been crazy. I mean, even even like eBay and Twitter. Although I want to say this too, I've noticed I have this app that tells you who unfollows you and all this stuff follows you. I have seen, I think in the last two days or something, twelve accounts get deleted. White. Because when you go there, they're Russian bots. Why they? No, these are people. (laughs) People I know. You know, those and, those kind of apps are literally spyware. I'm sure they are, and yeah. I don't care on my Twitter. I just don't care. So the followers app. Like, I, Jerry, yeah. I expect that from Twitter, and I'm not on Facebook. But I expect that from social media. You should expect it from the internet. I expect it. I do expect it, sadly. But um, it, it just interests me to see that I go to these pages, and it says they've been... Twitter has, you know, shut them down, basically is what it said. And so, uh, you know, I'm wondering if that's part of this new algorithmic overhaul. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter, or not Twitter, YouTube um, put out an announcement this week that they're going to not, you know, people are going to be working from home, so they'll have less, less staff to do video reviews, so they're going to let their algorithm go wild. Oh, no. And they, they put a disclaimer out that was like, more than the usual amount of videos will get banned for no reason. <laughs> I, oh, oh, I think <laughs> you funny. sent that to me. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. 
it's terrible. I think that must be what's going on on Twitter as well, because I actually reached over the thousand mark and then it went immediately down, you know, many. And I'm like, wait, I just made a thousand people. Those are hard earned. Most of them are not bought. And uh, yeah, it was, I just thought it was funny, which is what, what led me to moving in. So, <clears throat> Jer, have you had some interesting dreams recently? Oh, yeah. Give us one, baby. I'm trying to think of one. I know you have, especially since you came back from the dead. Well, yeah, because I quit smoking weed, too. Yeah. Um, lots of dreams that would, you know, have a, a dream, I'll wake up and piss or whatever, and I'll come back to bed, and it will continue. Mm-hmm. That's been happening a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of... Uh, I, can't, I can't remember any right now, but I'll think about it. It'll come back to me. It's been enjoyable to see you posting a few in the... In the Discord chat. Well, I remember him now. Sarah's back. <laughs> Sarah, you're back. She's got to get hooked up. Hey, yo. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what just happened. You're, so on this show, sometimes with the three of us, if you get too excited, like the energy overrides the internet <laughs> signal. And... Yeah, we had to reboot the whole server, man. I don't even know what Oh, my happened. God. It's like, ah. It happens. It happens. I have no idea what the hell I was saying, my dude. You got a lens back. <laughs> it's hilarious. So we were talking about the sense of precognition, precognitive dreams. If okay. there was a different, if you could tell, because you don't know it's going to play out as a precog right, dream. Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking and about just work. as it got juicy, you went, right. you went black. Okay. So just keep it toned down. Uh, yeah. I'm kidding. So <laughs> you psychic energy witch. <laughs> so basically somebody told me I was gonna work at an apothecary. Did I get that far? How far no. did I get? No. Okay. No. Okay. I got I knew we were talking about the, the organite, right? Well his wife came out, the psychic came out. Did we get that yes. far? And the okay. dra- your dragon. Yeah, okay. So she's getting really weird and telling me all this stuff like I have a dragon and I was a puma in my past life. And I mean she just went full weird and now you know, I rolled with it. I don't care, but I was like, mm, thanks. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, and you're going to make a career change. You're going to work in an apothecary. You're going to help the elderly and I see you helping the elderly and kids. And I'm an office slave, right? I'm like, what the hell am I going to, you know, okay, whatever. You know, and I was, you know, nice to meet you. Have a great, have a nice life, you know, whatever. I haven't thought about that in years. Until I went for a job interview at my current job, which happens to be a medically licensed cannabis dispensary that has a back wall with doors that look exactly like a freaking apocalypse. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I walked in there for my interview and I already knew I had the job. Yes. I was like, oh, yes. this is it. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm home. Oh, I love that so much. See, this is what's so juicy and rewarding about those. And every time one one of these experiences happens, it just, it creates a new pathway. You know, it creates a new, like, validation is a very powerful force in the brain, nothing else. And uh, it opens up the psychic gates in a a bigger way each time. So that's, that's significant. And, you know, you're a lifelong precog, so... Yeah, I guess so. It's pretty weird. 
I don't know any other way to be. You know what I mean? It's like when people say, what's it like to be, you know, a woman? I don't know. What's it like not to be a woman? I don't <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's where, that's what's always so funny is our normal. That's why I keep saying about like Mason's like, I like everyone and all of everyone I knew in the Midwest, it seemed like everyone was in the Mason's or a Shriner or something, you know, it was like, no, come on. <laughs> you no know, yeah. And those of us, you know, that do have, you know, precognitive abilities or anything. I mean, honestly, we're not special. We're just paying attention. Anybody can yes. do this. Anybody. That's what I, I constantly say that this is not special. It is what special is allowing yourself to be open. Yeah, just pay attention to the patterns. Mm-hmm. Do you have, so on that, you know, walk us through some of how you pattern recognize, because this is how you got onto the whole hidden brick thing. This is what tied you into this nun and is moving your life forward in that direction as well. How do you, how do you, so how do you stay open and know what is something that shined you that says pay attention? Um, name repetition and number repetition always. If I'm seeing the same names, first name, last name, or the same number sequences, that's usually an indication that I should probably be paying attention to see what's happening. And then, so with that kind of recognition of, of these symbols, these things, uh, in the outer world, how often does this stuff permeate? And I mean, we've already gotten a sense of this, but how often does it permeate into your uh, other layer of uh, consciousness, you know, starting with green. I think it, it can't help but not do that. I think about this stuff and notice this stuff all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because, you know, I was a social science major in college or whatever, but I've always been interested in people and behavior and patterns and things like that. So, and especially being the new kid all the time, you know, you know how it is when you move, you always are care very carefully observing the mm -hmm. environment of which you're dropped into as just a sort of a survival mechanism. Yes, yeah, absolutely. This is, that's one of the gifts of being, you know, kind of a travel is, yeah, we get it. It's a whole different perspective on the world around us. That's for sure. Absolutely. What, so in all this, what is your take on, on others. So in, in the dreamscape, others that aren't necessarily ghosts or, um, and, and then I separate the dead from ghosts. Like for some reason, the dead seem to me like real sentient beings and huh. ghosts seem to me like, uh, uh, reverberations. Like residual. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take on other other beings, other forces that you encounter. Do, I know you do because you encounter the dead, but say some that may not be so humanoid. Do you encounter stuff like that? I'm, I have never, no, I've never seen like an elf or an alien or I went through a, a really weird two weeks where we had this customer that was really interesting at work and I swore to God he was a fae, but it turned out he was just a really weird dude. Um, but I'm always looking for... <laughs> For interesting things that I've never seen, like a cryptid or. So wait, wait, that's provocative. So why at first did you think he was a fae, <laughs> and then how did it turn oh, out? No. He was just a dude. Well, he came in. I was working at a powder coating shop. Um, powder coating is basically essentially fancy plastic instead of paint that you slap all over the top of bare metal. He didn't. So he came in um, with this 
bell that he had supposedly welded, and it was in the back of the truck. He wanted it powder coated, and he didn't touch it. I unloaded it, which wasn't a big deal. I unloaded people all the time, but I unloaded it. Um, when I asked him what color he wanted, he told me he didn't care, which was odd. Um, and when I told him, you know, the standard week was a turn, standard turn was a week, he said, oh, no, 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 no. That won't. I have to ask. Oh, well, you know, that's okay. It's, and I remember it was for a holiday. And I said, is it a holiday? And he said, no, it's a gift for my wife. And I remember thinking, well, if it's a gift for your wife and you don't care what color it is, you know what I mean? Like, it just didn't even make sense. And he was, he was sort of a small man and he was disheveled and just sort of the way that he acted was very, very strange. And the fact that he just was super quirky about the bell and it was urgent. And I'd been, you know, reading a lot about Faye recently. And again, paying attention to synchronicities, I was like, he even had a very strange name, which I am not going to say, there, but the name even sounded Faye. It was very strange. And when he came back the next day to get his very urgently powder coated bell, I swear to you, he was a foot taller. And then he could touch the bell because it had plastic over it. Oh, wow. How did he turn from that? Wait, wait, wait. Was it an iron bell? Steel. It was iron. Uh, steel is different than the iron. That's the same base metal. Yeah, but there's something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It was just, yeah, it was very odd, and it unfolded, and then it was just very strange and odd, but, you well, know, it, it turns out, you know, he ended up being a real guy in, in the long run, but it was still very strange and unsettling, and I felt kind of crazy for a couple of days. He could be a djinn. That's, yeah, that was a theory that was going around at the time. Mm. It's interesting. It's, you know, and he paid with cash. It's interesting also. Mm-hmm. Especially in these times. Chin don't have credit cards. Right? <laughs> well, you know, the, one of the things that, one of the things I came in with was this ability to, now my mother had uh, sackcloth in her. It's a, basically kind of a part of the Sioux tribe, Sioux nation uh, in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And so she she had her lens of of what she called this, but I have always seen people for like animals and you know, that show Graham that was filmed out here did a good job for that because that's how I've always encountered and I'm not literal like that. Right. But in essence I would I still I look at people and I see I swear their their DNA slice. You know, I see mouse, <laughs> I see mouse people and I see dog people and I see, yeah. see strange strangeness. And my my mama always just said, Well you're seeing their totem, right? Mm. Uh, and you know I pulled up there that's fine whatever when to call it I still see it and so I'm wondering though on some level if you just didn't pick up on that energy and and so maybe it's just a dude but maybe he does have some of that in him or was Jerry just presented you know that hypothesis and there's always this like possession aspect too where there's walk yeah it was very strange, to say the least. What's well, interesting coming from you, you know what I'm saying? If you, it weren't coming from you, then it, it, I would be like, okay. But the fact that you experienced it like that at first just makes me go, I think do this. <laughs> Even though you think he's just a dude now. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And on that, though, what, so what do you think about all this other stuff? 
possible in these worlds. So, and this can bring in, this can bring in all of that, including the the ET stuff. I think you know, it's Sasquatch, yeah. all of it. I think it's all related. I think the phenomenon is all one thing, and if you play with it, it play back. And sometimes it shows us different lenses, and maybe it shows us certain lenses that we can handle better than others. I'm not sure. I, yeah, I like that. And I like the idea that it can play back. There's a, that seems interesting. You definitely seem like the open-minded type that would be, you're not closed off or if you had an experience, would you, know, you would be someone that could have an experience because you're not closed off. Well, I would hope so. I'd like to think so. Well, yeah, I mean, of course. But I mean, there are some people who are just like, hell no, there, none of this exists. And that's not at all. The, the stance I get from you. So, I pretty much think none of it could exist or all of it could exist and we don't really know. That's the open table. That's the open mind is that it, it could or it couldn't. It just until you experience it, so you, it's not like closed off. What about, what are your thoughts on, and we've, we've already touched on this in a big way mm-hmm. with your sacred dead um, on that. And then also with the reincarnation factor of, this kind of nun overlay with you what where do you stand uh in internal space a heart space on the idea of 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 not of of being a soul being a sentient being that okay. that possibly you know what's death um just a transformation just a different lens, maybe. I don't think, you know, some, I don't see any reason that it could be considered any different than life other than, you know, just on a different level. I don't see why, obviously it plays with different rules, but I don't think it's something that should be feared necessarily. I mean, of course we grieve when we lose people that we care about, but I don't think that your consciousness ends when your body wears I think we're all either recycled back into the great whatever to come back and learn it all over again. I'm not sure. That's my working. Well, I, you know, I really believe nobody's sure. Even people have had death experiences and come back. I, I still, you know, I think to have a full conviction is, is lovely. You know, that's great. And it sounds reassuring to people, but I still keep it open. Like, absolutely. It could be. It could be like a big Pac-Man that eats us and and that's it. <laughs> Poof, baby, you're gone. And so, uh, and then I want, just because you're friends with Jerry and all this, I just have to get your idea on this. What do you yeah. think space is? Space as far as <laughs> tangible space or space as far as like outer you know, space. planets and okay. Yeah, see, so you have to do inner space or outer space. Yeah, oh, see, see, Sarah, you're so smart. True. I mean, outer space. <laughs> um, well, I know Jerry's theory, so I won't spoil it for everybody else, but um, I don't know. We all, I'm always I'm a big part of Team Saturn. Shout out to Team Saturn who's listening. Um, when, you know, everything goes retrograde, that's when things tend to go right for us, right? So uh, that's that's kind of our slogan is Saturn. I'll just like dig in and turn around. If, if I get to go out in space, that's the first place I'm going is freaking Saturn, man. Headed there. And 
are, you must be familiar with like that the ring makers and all that uh possibly of <laughs> yeah i'm like we talked about masons we've talked about a lot of stuff no tonight, no no, no no there was this famous nasa scientist who wrote a book called the ring makers of saturn i cannot remember his name right now but claims the rings were manufactured by an alien technology who knows he didn't he just said they made that i, I, didn't I don't know why. i didn't read the book readings for losers and he's oh. <laughs> <laughs> well you don't get to come to saturn for us with us then exactly too bad you guess you're yeah, stuck here you're not going in a rocket that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's true alien musk is, is you know musk is too busy having raves in his uh cave or whatever oh he's all hooked up Oh, he's cia oh, come on that, the that guy's name is saturn. norman uh-huh. bergeron norman okay. bergeron and his theories are very very interesting i mean of course you know i stress theory because we don't know but they're very interesting they're actually quite juicy yeah give just check out one of his interviews it's juicy i'm sure there's you know, I'm sure someone in the chat probably knows. Yeah, and the book's out of print, and it's on Amazon for like 200 bucks. Oh my god, jeez! I'll well, just ask John Tenney if he's got one. He'll have three copies. <laughs> we love <John>. probably <laughs> that John Tenney's Nox Mente interview is one of the all-time greats. He is one of the all-time greats. I had to just give Tenney a shout out at least. <laughs> yeah, Tenney's amazing. Good, good people. We love Tenney. Uh, so yes so the death that whole death thing i'm perplexed by it so when you encounter and the reason why i wanted to kind of go there a little bit earlier with you was because you get into and you have since you were little into dealing with haunted places and the haunted aspect of things and so this is where i wanted to kind of get your ideas on death and then overlay that into you as someone that investigates, you know, in a way, haunted places. Okay. So that's that's where I'm trying to go right now. Um, I'm not really sure how to answer that. So when you encounter something that's haunted, what? Uh-huh. How does? How do you experience it? Do you? Do you? Is it feeling? Do you see something? How do you know when something's haunted? Oh. Um, definitely feel it in your, my body first, like a barometer. You know, everybody talks about the goosebumps on the back of your, your neck or whatever. Um, definitely just the energy starts to feel different. Um, clear audience a little bit sometimes if things get really weird, you know, I'll, I'll maybe hear things some people, some people don't necessarily hear. I've had that happen at a couple of graveyards. I had that happen in Las Vegas. I had that happen when I was looking for my husband's grandfather recently died. And we'd gone up to the big mausoleum and I had no idea where we were going. He headed one direction and I just sort of stood there for like three seconds. And then just a voice said, over here. And I just went over there and I was like, here he is. And they just both started laughing because they're used to my spooky crap. They're used to it, but they must trust it. Yeah, pretty much. So have you encountered anything that was actually not friendly on the scary end? Um, I haven't seen anything, but I've definitely, you know, had to kick stuff out of my house before. 
you know, stickers, attachments, you know, whatever, just, you know, let me sleep. We also leave our apartment is across the street from a hospital, which doesn't really help sometimes. Hence the brick dust. Oh yeah. Yes. The entities and all that. The hospitals are so creepy. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, you know, when you're sensitive at all, they kind of like see the blue light come on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. It's totally true. Mm hmm. Well, Jerry, with your experience of living in one recently, oof. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't sleep. I was awake like 24-7. Sarah was one of the wonderful people posting pictures of her workings to get you better, by the way. She told me. I thanked her. Yeah, I it's all in it. the feed. Yeah. I admitted it. it. Well, you were, it was just so wonderful to see. I was so grateful for all of that. I know, I know Jerry is, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't really wish without permission, except in emergency circumstances. So I I figured Jerry would be cool with it. So good to know that all was well. You came to bat for real big time and you were sharing photos. And so it was, you know, a couple, you know, you were out there, you were really doing the work. Well, the thing with the photo sharing too, is I know some people sort of have, you know, the old, old rule is, you know, you made the sigil and you hide it. Don't show anybody. Don't think about, you know what I mean? What I've sort of found, this this again goes back to Team, team Saturn, we're kind of the opposite. The more we tweet it out or just, you know, talk about it or post just a three-second video or tweet each other's stuff, that's when stuff happens. Yeah, you charge it from the energy of the viewers. Right. As long as yes. you make it with that intention, it will work that way. Yes. Right. Yeah, and that's that's usually a distinction I find myself having to make with people. So it's like, know what you're doing it's a, it's the people that don't know what they're doing sarah where they're <laughs> like oh here's you know they're doing the secret working and they they won't tell you what it's for but then there's the photograph and there's the the working altar and it's like well now it's not a secret this was healing jerry and yeah. you're like i am i'm at work here doing this and so other people got to see it and focus on it and add the to it that was it Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and have a Jerry. Hell yeah. <laughs> for better yeah. or worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Don't get me started. <laughs> no, we want to we never want to lose Jerry. Never. never. Oh. Scared the so, crap out of us though, dude. It off. was terrible. I couldn't help it. It wasn't like something I knew. I you know, it was I got pneumonia. Uh, I got the, the coronavirus. <laughs> Right? You're your patient zero. Small that Chinese food curve. I was making. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You were ahead of the curve there. Well, I did buy a ton of Chinese, like, supplies. Yeah, right. Truly did. I, like, you about, always... Well, I, I started right before I got sick. Yeah. I do too.com. I like Christmas. Oh, I, mean, I meant, like, Amazon foodstuffs. Oh yeah, I do too. I order in a lot. What I also like going to the Chinese market. I like the I like yes, the t- market. Me too. I love so, the Chinese markets. Oh yeah, my gosh. Me yeah. too. I've always been in love with all that. I, I love Chinatowns and all that. Yep. My same. love for China is old. Same my girl, same. Love for Just China not the political old. stuff. You know, they can keep right. that with the people fucking commies. Old culture. Oh, well, like ours are any better. Holy crap. We don't have commies, okay? No, we just have a freaking turd in the White House. No, don't. Great. That's so much not, better. No politics. Uh-oh, this is Nox Mente, girl. Sorry. <laughs> you started it talking about China. Jerry started it with his, with his uh, 
Chinese food. See, here we are. Now all the bots talk. are going to come to me on Twitter. All the bots. Like, right. But here socialist. we are self-censoring too. Socialist witch. <laughs> so, so, all right. As we wind kind of to this area where we put the shout out to the audience for questions. And I hope you've brought so much content here. I hope there's good questions. Up. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. I wish we... I know we don't have a line open. But I really want people to start calling us. It, wouldn't that be fun? Cool. Yeah. It would. So I wanted to ask this question since you are a working witch. Do you use dreams in your practice at all? Um, sometimes I will when I'm going to bed. If I'm wanting answers for something, I'll ask for answers in my dreams or clarity in my dreams or guidance in my dreams. Yes. How often do you, so is this like this, the synchronicity thing where you'll ask, you'll go have a dream and then, then you just keep your eye out for what shines? Sometimes, or sometimes I'll just get a direct answer and symbols in the dreams is, is more frequent. And with, with this, has there been, so I know you had the reoccurring big bird dreams, which are hilarious. <laughs> I, I still <laughs> Big bird should scare us all. Um, right. And if he were blue, there would, might be something there. Ha, ha. Oh, God. Uh, uh, it's the joke for everyone that knows the joke about the blue bird. Anyway, so when you get answers, so you go, you'll seed in the dream, and then you kind of look for the answers, or the answers come. Will they come in a dream, or do you start seeing them synchronistically in the outer world? It can happen both ways. I would say it's more synchronicities lately. I have just been on this synchronicity kick. And again, it sounds like a broken record, but I swear to God, it was Hellier. Hellier was amazing. You know, I'm such a fan. I love them. I love what they did. I think it was, it's elegantly done and real. <laughs> it's totally real. You know, like the way they do it, it wasn't like this uh -huh. crap out there. It took my personal you know, magic work and everything else from like one to eight, mm -hmm. just, just by just the initial, the initiation as well. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how that manifested in your life? Um, the job specifically, I was miserable at my last job and I did a working where I took out a piece of parchment and I listed five things that I wanted from a new job. I tied it with a piece of devil's root that one of my uh, buddies, Matt, sent me with the green ribbon. And I carried that around in my pocket for about two weeks until I landed the job. Um, I've had good luck that I had a friend that had a husband that had some medical problems that I witched pretty hard to. And I, I feel like that had some really good results because we sort of put that out on Twitter too. I've got a couple of other friends that have um, you know, had synchronistic things happen to them just because we're all like sort of, while the world seems like it's going to hell, a lot of us are actually kind of on an upswing, which is odd. That's why we're, we're like kind of team Saturn. We're all kind of going on the up a little bit. It's, it's like a circle. And I feel like it's a uh, spiral, not a circle. Somehow. There you go. But all of us, you know, 
being into Hellier and watching it at the same time and chatting about it and bonding so hard about it. I mean, these are strong friendships. Like these are my people now. Um, I've never, you know, I've been a Hannibal fan and I was a Twin Peaks fan before that. Like I never, you know, connected with people like I have on this level. This was something different. It's interesting how the, the, there's a rift there. You've got the people who love Hellier and the people who hate it. You don't really get people who are like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it speaks to you or it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Have you met Dana or Greg? Not yet. Oh. I'm a Magic of the Month member and have been for quite some time. So I've got um, plenty of opportunities to act with them on a pretty direct basis, which is really gracious of them to do with their fans. But I haven't had an opportunity to meet them yet. Yeah, they're great. I met them a couple of years back at uh, CryptidCon. And Greg's been on the show. I have friends that have met them and said, yeah, awesome. My friend reported back that they're just as genuine as they are absolutely online. 100 and hopefully if you come out to, to michigan paracon <laughs> get to meet them there i'm telling you it's bucket list it's bucket list i'm trying we'll, we'll set up on. yeah when, if it's still on right exactly we'll, when, we'll, when is it jer i don't know but we'll set up a fucking go go find me to get you out there so oh, <laughs> when, it's when in august it august set? 28th and august, 9th, yeah yeah Compare uh, August twenty seventh through twenty ninth in Sault Ste. Marie. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of people out in the uh, the Michigan area that uh, I have a hug list. I have a twenty twenty hug list. Mm. There's they yeah, they're, they're on the list. Tons of people out there in in that uh, that's where i come from and so there's definitely a huge amount there's a huge witch community there selena fox is right there mm. and um you know yeah that it's the midwest has a whole whole bunch of folkish witchy people it's i think a lot of people think it's all like bible belt ish up north and it's not it certainly mm -hmm. has that flavor but i've only i've never been a I wasn't raised a Christian, so I got to see the witchy side of Iceman, the witchy side, and there are some amazing, amazing, uh, amazing witchery up there, and especially with the Great Lake, the power yeah. those Great Lakes have. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I was in Milwaukee not a few years back and spent some time out there and definitely got some time out on the lake. Wisconsin is one of my favorite states. I love it so much. And I do in the Midwest, that's the state I miss. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. And and so, yeah. Like if I were to ever live back in the Midwest, it would be in Wisconsin. Hmm. I really liked, believe it or not, Des Moines, Iowa when I was there. Des Moines has some weird weirdness to it. That's when were you there? That's where I was born. Oh really? Um, <laughs> that would have been about five years ago. Oh yeah. No, I haven't been there. I mean, I was yeah. back there for a funeral, but I still my core people are the Amy Putney Koenig, and I mean, I just know I'm from there, so I, it's cool. Yeah, I fell in love in. with that store Ray Gun there. I spent like you know three hundred dollars at Ray Gun on stupid T-shirts. <laughs> oh that, yeah, there's some great stores in there. Do you remember this? Um, you remember Bizarre Bazaar in Old Town? Yes, Jer. <laughs> That's, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got a question. Yeah. So I think it was Oswald asked, who's your favorite or best occultist in Portland? <laughs> I have 
have no idea. I don't, I don't really hang out with other witches, to be honest. Just, just the team Saturn. Yeah. I, I'm pretty much a solitary practitioner. Um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, like I said, um, I've never been part of a coven. I've never, you know, I've gone to a few events and just sort of, uh, bailed out and felt uncomfortable never really found um, it always seems so forced and so you know it sounds shitty but i call it like witchy poo dress up (laughs) i I rant about that all the time like i ain't interested man like the add water and stir hot topic which is (laughs) yeah like i don't care i don't care just you know and and i'm doing some you know i'm not going to talk about it but i'm doing some exciting things online with with some people so you know i am starting to be group magical work my friends first time ever so that's we, definitely that's new what's for me. so great about the internet we find our tribe and because we're scattered our own tribe and yeah i i don't do anything here in this area sarah i have i mean montana jordan is one of my best friends and so she you know she comes out here and and then my friend melanie poe and so that's kind of my thing of course you know there's eric arnis here there's some great people there's some great great magical community here yeah but i just don't do the group stuff myself Mm -hmm. after having not just not having the same reason you were saying the um the grimerica discord they're doing all kinds of uh intention work in different channels together that's awesome yeah yeah it's amazing how if we congregate energy what i mean we know this how powerful energy is when we start congregating it, and especially through a, a vehicle, a medium such as the internet, the inter- the ether waves, I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. Seriously, our, getting tied down <clears throat> into our little sleeves or, you know, bodies, whatever you want to call them, is so 20th century. <laughs> So I got another question here. Someone wanted to know if you believe in red string theory, which I have no idea what that is. Red string theory. Um, I don't know if I believe in that either. I, I guess I need some more information. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, we need some info on that, Jer. They're stumping me, man. Look at this. I told them come hackle me, and they're doing it. Yeah, it's all your friends. So. I know. <laughs> no one else gonna listen to this. No, it's Team Sarah out there. <laughs> I think she, this person. I think it. Oh, see, who was it? Andrea Murray. Oh, Andrea. Yeah. that's my girl. That's my sister witch. I think she might be talking about the red thread of destiny. So, which is an invisible red thread that connects those who are meant to be together. Oh, I like it. I like, mm, I like that too. And it sounds, I mean, if I was in a coven, to... Andrea would be in my coven. So yeah. <laughs> she's, she's in your in digital your coven. coven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we have witches on. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, so great. <laughs> yeah, we're all half crazy, deal with mm-hmm. Oh, for real. It's the, it is the bigger tribe of the weird with the Y, W Y R D, baby. <laughs> Oh, I thought that meant wired. Well, in my, my case, too, but. You know. Weird with the Y. Old school. 
so is, is that all the questions come on team andrew so what far. about our team you know the bigger team no questions nobody's here Oswald tonight. doesn't have a question those were his There's... questions bored. No, no nobody was bored <laughs> you know it, we really do not get a lot of questions on here it's That's amazing cool. yeah it's i mean there have been shows where we had no questions so yeah generally bad. we ask them all before yes. <laughs> People, That's the feedback is yeah. that we've already covered it. Nice, nice. Well, that means you're doing a good job. <laughs> we try. So what? How? Can okay, Oswald wants to know what you think about question. regular string theory. About re what? <laughs> I I don't have the answers. Well, do, what, <laughs> do you do you know what string theory is? Like M theory? It's physics. Yeah. You know, uh, top level stuff. But you know, I'm not a physicist. By I know. Any but what do you think about it? Uh, any, it could be possible, yeah. There you go. There you go, Anything Oswald. Anything is possible. Absolutely. Oswald, know this. This could all be an entire simulation. Hello, oh, it Oswald, totally is. Right. <laughs> None of this is real. Well, it's real, you but think it's... think that's Sarah? Sometimes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always questioning whether we're, we're alive. <laughs> and then I get mad at myself, and I'm like, dang it, you couldn't think of something else better. Come on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, we're dealing with the gravity of everyone else's thoughts. Gravity is just a theory. Yeah, but uh, it's a theory holding us down to this collective right? idea that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> nope, that's magnetism, but whatever. Oh, okay. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm There's, kidding. There we go. Or is it mesmerism? Both. They all be we're mesmerized oh. by scientism. Science. <laughs> She blinded me with science. Yes, so Suzanne, Sarah's... Suzanne, you're right. Everything is demons. <laughs> That's Jerry's tagline. That actually should calm down, Zach Baggins. I need that to make that should be a t-shirt. <clears throat> you know, speaking of Zach Baggins, oh, I, I swear. Ugh, sorry. <laughs> that's how Montana feels. Dude, his guns are so hot. No, seriously though. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I honestly think that guy is so haunted himself, so possessed that he brings all that shit with him when they go to investigate. And that's why they always have, if they're real, results. That's probably charlatan. I know that. Oh, yeah. yeah he thinks I, he's P.T. Barnum brought back to life. Like, no. Yeah, sure. I don't watch any of that. He, he does seem like. Yeah, he's like in that same realm for me, as, and I'm going to say it because my show too that's right baby it's Corey good <laughs> oh! <laughs> he's in that same realm i'm sorry to people that love the good good but i can't buy it yeah which reminds me i was supposed to go ghost hunting this thursday with josh kutchen um, yeah oh that's right we are in lockdown we're on, we're on lockdown here so we are still <laughs> waiting for josh kutchen to come back to twitter we are still waiting he's not he's never coming back i know yeah. no it's not it's great i applaud him for it kutchen's yeah. fantastic oh he's he's, he's like, who i talk to about the fey guy yeah every oh, day really? well, yeah he was the one i'm like josh what the hell is going on here Oh, wow. He knows oh, the full story. I got another question here from Oswald. What's the best witch hex to deal with COVID-19? <laughs> um, the isolation hex. Yeah. The hermit yeah. card. Yep. Yeah. Power reversed. I don't know. And red dust. Yeah. 
Don't breathe it in though. You mean me no good. You shall not pass. (laughs) And honestly though, like not to sound super hippie, but I think keep a positive attitude will help. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Fear is an immunosuppressant. We all know that. And the mind fear is the mind killer. One of the things that I will is stabilized liquid oxygen is an amazing thing for your body and it 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 is something i suggest people look into huh. uh, especially con- as things tie into 5g with this and the the drop dead aspect oxygenating yourself that way is a very potent uh it's a tool to be used yeah. and it can help but- with cancer it's amazing all around. I've used it for years, and I just got more making sure. And I hadn't used it in a long time. I forgot how good I feel on it. It's just revitalized you. But there's specific, there's a specific trail of why it's good in this context. And I just let people do their own research. However, how do people get a hold of you? It was, it'll all be in the show notes anyway. But... Wait, I got more questions. Oh, my God. You're getting the questions now, Sarah. <laughs> so if you could only have one tool, what would it be? Tool as far as like which tool or I, as far as like a hammer? I don't know. Okay, I'm going to say a hammer. Stealer's choice. A hammer, a hammer, you can smash up bricks and make brick dust or, you know, crack somebody in the head if they mess with you or fix up the give it breaks. Right. You could rehandle it too if it breaks, if the handle breaks. Exactly. You could whittle it down to a weapon, step a vampire, you could do anything. Yes, vampire. Now we're thinking. <laughs> All right. That's it. I'll call it quits on questions. So, All right. So, Sarah, that was two hours. Didn't that go quickly? Indeed, it did, especially since, you know, we had uh, technical problems in the middle. Ah, it was just a blip. I will say though that that's the witchy power. On the right. analytics, there's two. There's one part of the show which, like, the, all the viewers dropped off. I wonder what happened there for like ten minutes. Was it when Sarah dropped off? No. Uh, interesting. It's very, oh, wow. very strange. Yeah. So I've got all your links in. Uh, Perfect. In the show notes, except for yeah, Instagram. Come yell at me on Twitter, guys. Oh, wait, Oswald's got more questions. When the Twitter witches will purge this realm of Instagram Wiccans? <laughs> I actually just recently joined Instagram. I, it's actually Dana Newkirk's fault because she was posting cat photos. She's like, I have cat photos on my Instagram. I'm like, fine. Wait, what's Instagram? I'm, I enjoy Instagram. What is I, it? I, I don't have Facebook, but I enjoy Instagram. I'm barely I've, on Insta. It, so do tell they'll tell people your Twitter handle and all that so they can find you. Yeah, um, and your Twitter, blog. Yeah, Twitter it's macabre m a c a b r e underscore kitty, and on my blog is weirdlifepdx.blogspot.com. That I left off. Put that in the show notes. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. This was so fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's been a blast. I'm going to be checking my house for these hidden bricks. We're going to go have a beer after we're out of quarantine. Yes. Let's make that a date for sure. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Sarah. Yes. Thanks, everyone. And uh, next week will be an obelisk. It's full moon. Wait, wait. Next week's a new moon. Wait, I'm confused. Thing, you're not a witch i know next week's the new moon and we're gonna have michael wan 
the Susquehanna alchemy guy talking about his new dealio, which is etheric pathways. Michael so, is fantastic. We love him. Oh, uh, he's great. And he's yeah. been putting a lot of content lately. Check out his web, his uh, YouTube channel. Pretty interesting. He is yeah. doing the paywall thing, which is kind of bogus, but whatever. <laughs> We're all well, trying to survive right now. Hose got to eat right. too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to that thing. <laughs> this has been a crazy. Wait, get your whole cakes. Get your whole cakes. Okay. <laughs> that dude died last year. It was so sad. Yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah. All right. So. Really yeah, he really is dead. The dude from Winky well, Dinky I mean, Dog. Like, do we really die? No, he went to Mason Island. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> this this Noxman day has been so fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care, everybody.